You're listening to Pole Parlor, a fun, inspiring podcast for all those bewitched by pole dance. Each week, your Madam Crimson Minx has candid conversation with unique, engaging individuals from within and around the pole dance community. Pole Parlor is passionate about preaching creativity, soulful sensuality, and empowerment through pole dance. You know how we do. Welcome everyone to Pole Parlor. This is episode 19, Amy Guyon. I'm your host, Crimson Minx. On this episode, we have Amy Guyon. Amy is a full-time pole professional as boss babe at Pole Sport Organization and also teaching her bendability fitness program. On this episode, we talk about her history as a pole teacher, studio manager, competitor, and world traveler, what inspired her to start one of the world's largest pole competition organizations, the challenges and evolution of pole sport organization, as well as the positive response to her recent announcement of the addition of an exotic dance category. And don't forget to head over to the blog at poleparlor.com to check out Amy's post-podcast interview. And while you're there, check out the new merch up on the Pole Parlor shop. So now, let's bring on Amy. Welcome, Amy Guyon, to the Pole Parlor Podcast. How are you today? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Doing well. Thank you. Thank you for being with us today. Yeah, absolutely. It's my pleasure. Great. So we can jump right on in. Okay. For how long have you been polling and how did you first discover pole dance? Um, well, I've been polling. I just had my nine-year anniversary in April, so I'm I'm old in pole age, as I like <laughs> to say. Um, so I first discovered pole um, like by taking a class for my birthday, and it was just kind of like a like I googled you know pole dance class in Hollywood because I was living in Los Angeles at the time, and I thought that Hollywood sounded very fabulous and a good place <laughs> to have a birthday party. Um, so I took my first class at Be Spun uh, with Leanne Riley, and I. She never got rid of me. (laughs) So um, I've been at her studio ever since and uh, just keep falling more and more in love with it. That's cool. And so um, do you have a history as a dancer? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I grew up doing ballet. Um, I'm originally from Seattle. So my parents put me in like one of the big ballet schools like in Seattle when I was growing up. And then... I was super passionate about it. I really loved it. And then when I got to my senior year of high school, like I was applying to um, like fine arts programs and different things. And then I ended up hurting my back, which was kind of a bummer. Um, But that's how I ended up in LA because I actually went to school for physical therapy um, instead of doing a dance career. So I quit dance, went to university. And then midway through my university, I was like, oh, I really want to try some stuff again. And so I went back to a little bit of ballet, but then mostly found pole and also started doing a little bit of circus at the time. So I guess that's my story. Oh, wow. So you discovered pole dance, but you were still in college. Yeah, I did. I was a sophomore in college. We even had a pole in my dorm room. No I got, way. Yeah, I had a 50 millimeter chrome <laughs> X pole because we used to dance on 50s um, in my dorm room right next to our like dining room table. And so I'd like move the table so that I could like use the pole. And we definitely got a lot of weird looks from our like TAs and other people who lived in the building, but it was worth it. Yeah, I feel like you were probably popular amongst maybe the dudes on campus. New <laughs> trick. Yeah, like, oh, there's the, there are those girls with the pole in their room. What's happening in there? Yeah. 
Exactly. That's so cool. So then when you um, finished up college, did you actually work in your field or did you um, split time doing pole? Did you see pole being more of um, a career option at the time or did you really just love doing it? Well, okay, so two things. Number one, I think was actually the biggest thing is that I graduated in 2009. So that's basically like worst economy ever, oh, yeah. right? The crash was in 08 and then 09. None of my friends could get jobs. Like everybody was kind of panicking. And I'd already been, you know, kind of helping out at B-Spun, you know, in trade for classes. And so... Leanne and her husband were, you know, like looking for a studio manager. And so they were like, look, you know, we can pay you like, you know, a, a decent salary. And then like you can make up for what we can't pay you in the salary with classes. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, well, that sounds like a great deal to me. I get to be still, you know, in fitness and surrounded by people that I already know that I already enjoy working with. And I can get paid to do that. Like that sounds pretty amazing. Um, And so for physical therapy too, you also have to go to more schooling. So once you leave your university with your bachelor's, then you'd have to go get your um, doctorate of physical therapy. And I wasn't really that keen on like heading right back to school. So I was like, look, I'll try this job. Sounds like a good deal to me. And then, and then just kept going (laughs) with it. And that's perfect because when you graduate college, it's not like you exactly have a high standard of living. So now I'm taking this job that's like half paying me in classes and like I have to get rid of the boat, you know? So it's like, (laughs) yeah, no, not at all. Not at all. Like the, um, the, well, yeah. And it was like also having a group of people that I was already working with, you know, at the studio, it was such like a great built in like social network. Mm -hmm. So I know that's another thing that a lot of my university friends felt is when they left university and moved back to where they were from, or even, you know, moved out into the larger LA community, they were like, well, we don't really know anyone here. And so for me, it was like, it was so natural. It was like, oh no, like I have all these friends already who do poll and who are amazing. And so like, I'm going to move up to, you know, the Hollywood area and hang out with them so it was really I mean really an amazing experience yeah and pole is such a community it really is like a tribe a community so Mm -hmm. to to fall into that I feel like so many people that's what keeps people pulling is just the fact that they make so many friends and feel part of something so yeah absolutely I never thought about that from a job perspective though so that's cool to think about thanks yeah And so did you, what was the evolution next? So did you start teaching, competing, performing? What were like your, your entry points? The next steps. Um, So, okay. So let's see. So I was a student first, which you should always be a student. Um, And then I was a teacher. um, We had Brian Wolf on actually a few podcasts ago and he admitted that he actually did his classes around his poll. So (laughs) I'm glad we have you on as, as another voice of, (laughs) I got, I got credit for my university classes, actually. So I'm going to take that step further. And so like we had to do like internships, like at a fitness facility or a physical therapy facility. And I was like, well, I'm already working at this pole dancing place. Like, can't that count? And they were like, yeah, sure. It can count. So like Lance like signed my papers like oh yeah you get the college card for this. Oh, see you integrated it. That's perfect. I did. We did. <laughs> um, okay, cool. So yeah, so I was a student and then a teacher. Um, then I became the studio manager. Um, and then about at that point, uh, I started competing, or that's when sort of the first competitions uh, popped up. And I remember like 
the first competition, not the one I did, but the one that Alethea Austin did in 2009, she did the first USPDF. And she was like, I'm going to New York for a competition. And we were all like, why would you do that? Like, you know, obviously like being like, oh, okay, that sounds really cool. And like, we want to support you, but like competition, like what? Like that's different or that's, that's not something that we do. And, you know, as the competitions kind of got bigger and bigger, like I also started getting into them. Um, and you know, Beast Bun was very supportive of me using their space and training and like all the teachers would always, you know, come by to rehearsals or Leanne would help us out, you know, with training or with combos and stuff. And then from there, um, I did pretty well. I competed for about four years. And, um, so I ended up going like on tour after that. So I did a little bit, um, in the U S like just teaching like workshops and stuff. And then I started going international and did that for about two years. And then from there, I started Pulse Sport Organization uh, with a partner. And then now I've just been doing PSO, I guess, for the last five years. Wow. That is, thank you for laying that timeline out for us. That's crazy. So yeah, you really, everything. Yeah, <laughs> you've like touched everything. So yeah, those who don't know, Alethea Austin also went to B-Spun and that's where, um, that's where I, Amy was talking about that when Alethea first started competing. And so you're saying like back in 2009, I guess you, you were, you were giving that timeline. There weren't really competitions around. No, I mean, that was the first one, the U S pole dance federation. So, you know, they, they started something and, um, you know, they were that dominant competition series for a while. Wow. That's wow. To like see that. And so what was your thought you were thinking? Like you saw, you must have seen a lot of potential with this because um, Amy started Pole Sport Organization, which is grown to be such a huge organization and has competitions all around, is it the country? Mm-hmm. Okay, all around the United States. So let's backtrack to that. So it sounds like you covered the teaching, the studio managing, the traveling, and were you just felt like you saw a hole in in pole that could be filled with more competitions people wanting to yeah well I think that like it came from two things I think number one it came from the fact that I was doing competitions and I didn't really feel like the organization was really catering to the competitors so like the organizations um and not all of them so I'm not and I'm not trying to say that they were all bad um but you know some of them just didn't communicate well. So you'd like send emails and be like, hey, I have a question about rules or about the setup or something and no one would ever get back to you. Or, you know, you'd show up and the setup would be, you know, 100% different than what they said it was going to be. So like maybe your spin pole and your static pole were like reversed. (laughs) And so then you were like, oh, I just spent like all this time and energy and really like your, your emotion, right? And training for these competitions, like it's a lot of work. And so when you show up and you don't feel like the organizers have really respected the work that you've put in. I think that that was a point that I was like, wow, you know, maybe we could do an organization that would cater sort of to the competitor. So like be more communicative, be available, lay everything out, you know, tell people what to expect and actually follow through with it. Um, And then, yeah, the second part was, so when I was competing, it was all submission-based video. So you'd have to, like, send in a video, and then the organizers would say, like, okay, so these, you know, 14 girls get to compete. And so I was very, you know, fortunate. 
um, to be chosen, you know, for most of these events. And so I could do, you know, four, five, six events a year if I wanted to. But for, you know, a lot of my other friends, like I even had friends that I thought were better than I was and they would submit videos and they would never get in. And so that was to me really sad. Like, well, why can't, why don't they get the chance, you know, to also perform? And so I think that from like sort of the merging of those two issues that we saw, that's kind of how we came up with the idea uh, for PSO. Cool. So for those who don't know, can you just give us an overview of PSO? So like, what is it? How many competitions? What what do you need to qualify to be in it? So Yeah, definitely. Okay, so we um, are probably at this point the world's largest uh, professional and amateur competition. So we put about 2,000 competitors through our system every year, which is pretty awesome. Um, so I watch a lot of pole dancing. <laughs> yeah. wow. I have a lot of um, And so we've got about 10 shows. Um, they're all over the country. We also have one in Switzerland, which is brand new. So we went over there to Zurich um, with the crew uh, in May. We're going to do that again. So that's been really fun. Um, We have five levels of skill. So you can be like a non-inverter. So our level one is like you can't go upside down all the way up to the professional level, which is like a qualifier for our national competition. So anywhere in between you know, you can do levels two, three, four. Um, we do have some, you know, move restrictions to help like separate the levels a little bit. Like for example, like level two, like you can only do inverts like off the ground. So it's like more of like a beginner inverting level. Um, we also divide, um, by category. So if you're interested in performing like a more dramatic piece or like an emotional piece, we have a category for that. Um, we also have a category for championships. So that's a little bit more like technique based, you know, how hard are your tricks, those kinds of things. Um, I know that you were interested in the exotic category. (laughs) (laughs) I know Uh, a lot of people were. (laughs) Yeah. Well, okay. So then we have the exotic category. So that's supposed to be the place like for like more sensual movement, like the sexy dancing, like all that flow and body. I'm all like wiggling already. Like (laughs) body rolls and the waves. Um, So yeah. So hopefully what we've tried to do, um, you know, is give each, you know, part of the community its own little spot in what we're doing so that no matter like what style you are or how old you are or what level you are, you can still put on a performance, um, you know, get feedback from judges, be on a professional stage, you know, and feel like, you know, we're there to like help you and take care of you and that we want you to do well. Like as an organizer, I want you to be successful. Um, so no I want submissions to- and there's no submissions. Yeah. So you just sign up and that's it. So you go, you know, pick a city Pick a date and there you go. You're ready to go. That's amazing because I know so many people want the opportunity to perform. And, you know, a lot of studios, they have showcases or things like that, but not all of them. And so it's so great. I think that was really, um, really important to the community, the poll community that you created this organization, just because you've given so many people the opportunity to step on stage and to invite friends and family to see them and to, to perform for other pollers. And so awesome. Thank you. Yeah, of course. So, um, we'll go, I want to touch on the exotic thing, yeah, in a bit, but first, um, can you just talk us about, talk about like, what are the challenges? What have, how long, how many years have you been doing this now? Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I think we're in our fifth year right now. Okay. And so 
what are the challenges like I, you don't have an event background right so no I don't I don't I've always been very organized um and you know also I think my time at Beastbun was really helpful because we used to um plan out like the first iterations of the Pulse Show LA event um so I helped with those like kind of in the beginning so that gave me like a good sense of like you know how to work but I think that it's really about um you know being organized and time management and like all that stuff that's not sexy and doesn't sound cool and doesn't sound fun um, but it is really important like when you're putting together a show so it's not all the glitter and the glam and the designing costumes and the you know that fancy stuff it's more like okay did you call to follow up with the shipping company to make sure that your books <laughs> got there on time like and that's the kind of work that I do so it's not um, it's not difficult but I think when you put it together all at once if you don't have a good timeline then it becomes really overwhelming so you know a lot of what I do when I plan shows is like you know I've got my calendar and I've got my list of ta- list of tasks <laughs> and you know I have to plan out you know from six months you know to the day of and each day has its little checklist and that's kind of how I do it and so it's going it's happening. There's always a competition pretty much year round, right? Well, we take a break from like November, like mid November till like mid February. Um, and that's for two reasons. Number one, I think holidays, you know, everybody's like, mm-hmm. nobody's training. Like we're all, you know, wanting to just like be with family and travel and take time off work and that kind of stuff. And then, you know, when January 1st hits, then you need like a good like six weeks or like two months to kind of like get back in the rhythm of your stuff. So I think it's actually good for pole to have, or competition at least, to have a little bit of a season so that, you know, your body also gets a break. Because competing is really, you know, it's it's difficult both physically, um, you know, and your, your brain needs a break too. It's mentally hard too. Yeah. And so how do you pull these off do you have a lot of volunteers like how do you even how do you pick judges sure um well so yeah we definitely rely on a lot of volunteers um we also have like a core group of staff that like travels with us like to each show so we've got the core group that does like the setup and the teardown and then yeah volunteers you could be a pole cleaner announcer um stage monitor you can help out at registration um so there's lots of like ways to get involved if like say you're thinking about competing, but you're like maybe a little bit nervous. I always tell people just be a pole cleaner because then you'll get on stage, you'll climb the poles and you'll be like, okay, nobody died. (laughs) Like it's okay. Like I'm in front of a lot of people. And so it's like baby steps, like to get you to the performance level. Um, yeah. And then for judges, um, we have judges from the community. So they also submit like an application and we go through and we pick, um, you know, depending on their experience, um, you know, maybe how long they've trained or how, how many years they've been doing pole or if they have like other skills, like a gymnastics background or a dance background. Um, and we actually have a lot of judges who keep coming back each year, which I think is awesome. Um, they must like what we do in our system. And so having those returning judges is always great because then they just know what they're doing and it's very quick and, um, I enjoy working with them. Yeah, you're like so cool and blase about it. And I'm like stressing out just thinking about all of the coordination and everything needed to pull these off. And girl, get a calendar, organize yourself. It's fine. Wow. Well, I mean, you know, it wasn't like if, if you were going to throw me from having done no shows into doing 10 shows right now, it would be completely overwhelming. But like, you know, each show, like we tweak it a little bit and we say like, okay, so what didn't go right? What can we do to make that better for next time? And you'll, you'll notice that from show to show, although our venues change and our cities change and the competitors change, the format is kind of always the same, right? So it's not like I'm doing 
you know, a Disney theme show the first time and then like everything has to change to like a Lord of the Rings themed show for like the next one. You know, yeah. so it, it, it does stay, you know, somewhat standardized. And that's something that we actually try to do um, so that it's consistent. Smart. Yeah, because even I noticed, like, I know if it's a PSO show for this year because you have the same backdrop, which is black with the the white lights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the star drops. Yeah. yeah, they're star drops or star drapes. Yes, star drapes the white light dots was not (laughs) the correct way to describe that but yeah so when you see people reposting videos on youtube or on social media you can instantly recognize oh that's a pool sports organization competition because it has a consistent backdrop and um that's probably saving you a lot of time of having to redesign a stage every yeah (laughs) well cool i'm really glad that that's working because that's kind of that's the goal so if you're if that's what you're reading out of it that means i'm doing my job right (laughs) Yes, you are. And so we talked about it before. So, you know, a lot of people have um, issue with competition. It's no secret that there are rules about, you know, um, not being able to be sexually suggestive or, um, you know, the gluteal fold rule and things Mm -hmm. like that. And so it's, you know, a reality and it's within your rule book. But you just announced... Um, an exotic category and so how and that was just like last month I think and yeah what I perceived the reaction to be was very positive but can you tell us what this new category is and what you've seen the reaction to be yeah definitely so um the exotic category is supposed to be the celebration of sexy or celebration of sensual movement um so Obviously, if you've ever looked at any B-Spun video or, you know, stuff like that, you'll know that, like, that's where I'm from. Mm -hmm. And we love sexy. Like, we're all about it. We're with shoes. We're with booty shaking. Like, we're with body rolls. Like, all of that stuff. So I wanted to make sure that, like, that had a place in, you know, what we're doing with PSO. Because I think that the feedback I was getting before we added this category was that PSO didn't like sexy. That you weren't supposed to be, you know, sensual. That, like that Amy doesn't like butts. No, I like butts. I love butts. I love my butt. I love your butt. Like, uh, butts are great. So I I think that, you know, this is just the next step in that sort of inclusivity and finding a place for everyone. Because I never really said in the beginning with the rules, like, I don't think that we really said, like, you can't do heels or you can't do this. But I think that especially with our name being Pulse Sport Organization, people said like, oh, well, it's probably more fitness or it's probably more dance. And so we don't want to do those things. And I want to tell those people, no, no, like, come here. Like, we want to do it. We want to see it. Um, You know, we want to see what you're going to bring. We want to give you an opportunity also. Um, So, you know, we'll just make your own category. And um, the other person that works a lot uh, in our organization is um, Iris Sparrow. And so she's um, an instructor, and she does, like, all sorts of, like, sexy, exotic. Um, She's also the woman behind the camera um, with alloy images for our shows. But she also does the sexy. And so I think she and I were both on the same train of, let's do the sexy. Like, this could be really fun. And, like, let's see what happens. Um, And also, um, I don't know if I'm going to say it today, but you should look for our newsletter coming on July 6th. Sixth, uh, because we might be saying a little something about that gluteal fold rule that everyone might be real interested in, especially if you're competing in exotic. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I, you know, I know a lot of people don't, 
they don't embrace that rule because hey it's okay you can say it I, we take feedback all feedback <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like you started the organization based on what historically the rules were in other competitions and i'm assuming you didn't start everything from scratch so it is just like a natural evolution it is what it is so but it's so cool to hear that you're like receptive to feedback and um evolving everything Thanks. Well, I think it's also like a testament to like how the sort of like not our community, but how the general world is starting to perceive pole. Because back when we were, you know, first starting PSO, like in 2012, it was like, well, you know, booking venues is really difficult because they think that we're, you know, a bunch of girls who are going to take off, who are going to, you know, dance naked and like, you know, be sort of in that adult entertainment industry. And so what you know, what I can tell the venues with our gluteal fold coverage is like, look, everybody has to be covered. Like, these are our rules. And so it made it really easy for the venues to like, you know, sell it to their management teams and say like, okay, so this show is okay for our venue um, because of the coverage rules. But now that like, I mean, now that we've been at our venues for a few years, I think they see what we're doing. They see that it's, um, you know, not taking your clothes off. And so they're like, oh, okay. Like, you know, we're not so, we're not so strict anymore. We're not really going to hound you about it anymore. And so that's also like kind of given us the freedom to take this next step of, you know, being a little bit looser with that rule. Yeah, that's interesting. And I'm glad that you said that because I've heard from other um, competition and even just performing um, troops that it is sometimes difficult to book a venue for pole because of what you just said. Mm-hmm. And it's like that perception that it's people are just going to be like letting their boobs fly everywhere and like sliding up and down the pole, getting nasty and like not rec- and not recognizing what pole or what a pole competition really is and what a pole performance is really like. So it was like a necessary step into into just getting being able to book yeah I think so I think you're right and I mean like for example like we actually are in a high school like in for one of our shows like in Chicago like we're using like a high school theater which is it's a beautiful theater and it's wonderful um but again like that was one of their concerns kind of in the beginning so but now yeah people's minds are just so much more open like when I think about you know when I started pole dancing like for the first time it was so risque and so not okay and you know just so terrible for everyone and like now I I get a lot of feedback when like I if I go out and I'm talking to people and I say I do pole most of the time now the reaction is like oh like I have like a friend who does that or like you know my cousin like just started taking classes that's so great or like you know I saw that on tv and how cool you know is that so I think that that's a really cool evolution and it makes me feel really good um that I don't know the world's minds maybe are starting to open a little bit yeah it's been taboo for so long and it really limits what we're able to do out in the general public until you know as we are putting ourselves out there and now also the fact that you have so much video content and uh, media from these competitions you can now show we can now show venues you know, this is what's going to happen, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, we had Tammy Morris on. Um, I love Tammy. Yeah, she actually recommended to have you on. So she oh, was, that's yeah. so nice. She's so wonderful. And she, um, we actually used to do a competition in Canada for a couple of years. And she was like so helpful and so wonderful through the whole thing. And I've taught up at Tantra before, like on tour. So 
Much love to all the Tantra girls, and thanks, Tammy. <laughs> yeah, she was talking about how um, when she, I don't know if this was the competition you worked with her, but when she first started doing it up in Canada, they the, actually the only venue they could book was a strip club because no one else Oh, wow. Oh, no. She's even more OG than me. Like, she's like the first, the first. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So she she spoke about that reality of like, there was like an art performance space that wouldn't even allow her to book there. So, um, yeah. So she had to start off at a strip club and then get video to then be able to show um, to then be able to show venues like, it's okay. This is what's going to be happening. And then she was able to book them. So, um, yeah, it, uh, it you explaining it that way makes a lot more sense and helps me understand. Yeah, definitely. So, but yeah, so look for the announcement. It'll be in our newsletter on July 6th. Yes, well, this will be launching after July 6th, so it will Perfect. already have happened. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that I, now I have a much better understanding of post-war organization. I forgot to ask before, is is that like your main, is that your career Mm-hmm. Like running Pulse for organization. Yes. Wow. So, and it's only been in like, I would say the last like six to eight months that it's really been, you know, my full time uh, gig. But um, yeah, because otherwise, like I'll supplement it with like teaching and, you know, I'll do some workshops like here and there to kind of like, you know, help my income. Um, but yeah, so now it's my full time job. Um, it's very exciting. And, uh, I think that, you know, one of the big challenges of working on your own business, like for yourself is to like, again, that time management thing, because it's so easy to like sit at your house and be like, Oh yeah, I have a lot of emails to answer. (laughs) Oh, but it's sunny out and there's the beach and there's acro and there's classes and there's pole (laughs) and cube. And then you're like, okay, wait, (laughs) Like, no, no, calm down. Get back to business. Um, Get back to business. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's been been pretty cool and pretty fulfilling. I really also appreciate that now I've traveled a lot. Um, I've been very fortunate to do a lot of touring in the past. Um, And so I've seen a lot of countries. um, I've met a lot of amazing people, but I always traveled alone. So I never traveled with other people. Like it was always like, you know, you go by yourself, you go to one studio, they drop you off at the airport, you get picked up by another studio. Now with PSO, I travel with like a group of five people. And so it's like five of my now best, best friends because we spend so much time together. And I I just think that like that little group makes it all worthwhile. So thank you, team. You're wonderful. (laughs) Yeah, your own little small business. Yeah. (laughs) Are you are you planning to expand? Um, Like what's what's the trajectory of PSO? Well, we really enjoyed what we did in Switzerland. Um, So I think that maybe adding some more internationals would be really fun. Um, I think that it's always, you know, the girl who is helping us in Switzerland, her name is Marion Kessler with uh, Gravity Arts. And uh, her boyfriend, um, Sam Fisher, who's amazing. And they're both really wonderful and uh, very organized and just the kind of people that we would want, you know, to be partners with. So, you know, when I go to other countries, like I always have to look. Like, you know, can I find that kind of partnership, somebody that we enjoy working with that really, um, you know, upholds the standard of, of PSO. So I think that, yeah, expanding internationally, if we can find the partners would be, you know, one of my personal goals. And, uh, for the U S I mean, I think we're going to continue to just add more events. Um, we sell out for competitor spots, like almost every show and we've got, you know, 
15 to 90 person wait lists at every show. So it's like a whole bunch of people that I have to turn away and say like, sorry guys, like I can't, you know, we can't have you compete or we can't have you perform. And that's really sad. So you know, if there's like, if there's really the demand or if people really want to do it, then I'm like, okay, like, let's do a new city. Like, let's do a new show. Like works for me. So expansion. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. And so for, um, those who have not been to a pole sport organization, um, competition, it has been evolving. I've only gone for the past couple years, but I have noticed that you've done, you've you've done a lot of serving and you've done a lot of responsiveness. Like we talked about with the exotic category, but you also now do like workshops at the competitions and, you know, even the stage design is, is, is very nice now. And not that it wasn't very nice, but it's evolved everything. I feel like you are also wrapping your head around like, well, how do I make this like more of a, an event yeah, in addition definitely. to like a competition where people just sit, watch, leave. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that so we've we've experimented with doing workshops and also uh, free seminars in what we call the playroom. So the PSO playroom. Um, so it's just like a separate area of the event where we'll have like pros or you know other instructors from the area who want to give a sample of what kind of classes they teach. So it's all non pole based. So I usually do like a flexibility, like a bendability class. Um, we'll have um, other people people who do like floor work. We had like a wall dance one one time, um, handstands or acrobatics, like things like that. And then um, for the workshops, um, which are paid, uh, we'll have our national champions come around. So like at PPC, we had Brandon who was doing a handstand workshop. We had Crystal Belcher who was teaching twerk. So like all of those, um, yeah, are just like added bonuses. Because I mean, it's the same for me. Like the competitions they run – you know, 12 hours the first day and, you know, eight hours the second day. And like, I don't even want to watch like that. You know, I don't want to sit <laughs> in one seat and watch, you know, for that long. So you want to like have like other things to do, um, you know, maybe go shopping, see a vendor, go to a workshop, like take a free class and then they come back and watch your friends. So it's like a good flow, keeps you moving. It keeps you energized. Yeah. So that's, you're, you're creating more of like a, um, like a weekend, type of event as opposed to just you know a competition which is really cool I really admire like all how you've really evolved it and like all the effort that you put in to make it enjoyable for not just the competitors but for people who are going to support competitors so awesome and so um you mentioned bendability Mm -hmm. um so let's talk about that you have um something called bendability fitness and this is not pole sport organization this is amy guyon uh initiative (laughs) okay well this is like really like my first company ever was bendability fitness um so it was uh i guess like i just put the brand on it because i felt like i don't know maybe i like it's hard for me to say like i'm promoting myself because I, I, I feel like that's weird. Like, why would you promote yourself? That's weird. So I was like, no, but I have a method or I have like a, a style of teaching. So I'll call it bendability. And then I feel better about like, oh, I'm doing a bendability class. It's not like the Amy Guyon method. It's like the bendability method. And I, I guess like I felt more comfortable saying it that way. Um, so yeah, so bendability is a method of flexibility training, uh, but it's designed for people who are not naturally flexible. And the reason that I did it that way is because uh, me, 
Uh, I'm not naturally <laughs> flexible. Um, and if you watch me dance or you watch me perform or see my videos, you'll probably be like, that's crazy because you have like crazy splits now and like you have a nice back bend. And I'll tell you that it was not always like that. <laughs> ah. So um, I was saying that like back in Seattle, I did ballet very seriously at like a professional school. And when I was eight, one of the teachers told my mom that I was not flexible and so I probably shouldn't be in the program anymore. And she never told me until like, uh, I don't know, I want to say like I was like maybe like in my 20s, like oh, wow. like like low 20s. Yeah, because she was like, I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want to discourage you. Give from, you like a complex of some sort. Yeah, and I think that that's awesome because I think for myself, like I already saw like, oh, no, I'm not as flexible as the other girls. Like everybody would be in these like crazy straddles. And I'd be like, I don't even understand like how they do that. And, you know, I think the stereotype is like when you're a kid, you're really bendy. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, that just wasn't me. And I don't know why. And I don't know if it's genetic. I don't know, you know, if it was something I ate. But <laughs> it wasn't, that wasn't my body. And so I had to work really hard on getting flexible. So it took me, you know, about 10 years to get my splits. So I was, I guess it was eight years. So I got my splits when I was 16 and I remember that being amazing. And then, um, you know, just kept working at it because it was really enjoyable to work at something and to like be like, okay, I'm actually making progress. Like I see the correlation between the hard work and the result. And so that's what flexibility did for me. And I hope that by, you know, the bendability method that I can give other people inspiration and sort of hope that like, okay, we're not going to sit and oversplit like the first minute of class. It's not like a contortion program. No, it's not a contortion program. Okay. <laughs> I feel like I'm qualified to teach contortion. I'm super not a contortionist. Um, but can I teach you to be more flexible than you already are? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, am I more flexible now than I've ever been? Yes, absolutely, which is really cool. So do is it um, a program that you teach and that um, you do workshops, or is it something that people are, that's available online for people to watch or download, or what's the... Yeah. So it's both actually. So I started it like as a seminar or like a workshop series. And so I would teach it both a bendability off the pole and then a bendability on the pole, which I called fake it till you make it. Um, and then, uh, now I have DVDs. Uh, so I've got a set of three DVDs for bendability. And then I also have a set of stretching flashcards. So it's like a little pack that you get in like a box and it's got like three different levels and so you can like throw them in your bag or put them on like a little key ring and just like pull them out and be like okay like my first flashcard is you know pike stretch and so you can do your pike stretch and then like okay my next flashcard is straddle so you can do your straddle so it's just like a fun training tool that's super cute you can just like bring it to the park and see what pops up sure yeah you can shuffle them and you know draw a card and there you go you have to do the stretch (laughs) like every night before bed pull a card and do do that stretch yeah totally play a little game that's really fun okay so so bendability is like your program it's kind of like how um uh, like Lux ATL has strip craft, you know. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Which, let me tell you, I totally want to take that class. So Lux, you better come back to LA. Uh, she was here and then, uh, but we were all gone because we had a show um, in Atlanta, which is like where she's from. Yeah. So we like had like a, Swapped. yeah, like a city swap. <laughs> oh yeah. I've taken her workshop. It's really good. 
awesome. Yeah, it's really fun. And it was at Beast Bun, your your I know, base, so. I know. And they were promoting it. And I was like, oh, I'm so bummed I'm not here. But we're in the middle of our season. Yeah, that must be the thing, though. Like, how often, like, what would you say the percentage of time you spend on the road for your career? I would say it's almost two weeks out of every month. Oh, wow. So it's a lot, um, but it's actually less than what I was doing when I was touring and traveling, like just to teach. So I feel like it's better. Um, and I also, I also feel like now that we've kind of like gotten in the rhythm, it's like not so stressful Okay. because like, you're like, okay, I know what's going to happen. I have my TSA pre-check. I know if I get to the airport, you know, at this time, like I'll be fine. And you know, you just kind of like, you have your rhythm and you know how it goes. So your body's kind of used to it. Um, before when it was like, uh, just like the touring and the teaching, it was like always a different city, like different country, like different language, like different food, you know, different climate. And so this is like much more, much more manageable. Um, I think I've perfected at this point the like getting to the airport with like the minimum amount of time possible. (laughs) Because like, so we went to Europe like last year and uh, Alloy Images, which is um, Iris Sparrow that I mentioned before. And then also her partner, Joe Woods, They got to the airport, like, with a really reasonable, like, maybe, like, an hour before their international flight or hour and a half. And they're, like, calling me. And I'm, like, yeah, I haven't left the house yet. Oh, you are stressing me out. Dude, like, you're going to miss the flight. And I was, like, no, no. Like, I got this down to a science. (laughs) And so, like, yeah, like, pretty much, like, as they call boarding, like, I walk up to the gate. And they're, like, you're stressing me out so bad. And I'm, like, yeah, well, I haven't missed one yet. So cross my fingers and knock on wood. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's what you do. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I'm the opposite. I'm there, like, two hours before just in case. (laughs) I can have a drink at the bar before I get on the plane if, you know, I have a lot of time, so I can't deal with it, but good for you. And then I forgot to mention one of the things that happens at PSO2, which when you mentioned Iris and Joe, is it? You said yeah. from Alloy. Um, it's another really cool thing if people are thinking about, you know, competing and, and looking up to their closest city is that at the events, you have photographers and videographers. So after... Um, you compete, you can get a like professional recorded video of your performance and photos, which is really cool. Well, yeah. And you know what? That's actually something I did forget to mention too about my experience competing. I don't know that I have any professional video from when I competed. Like I think there's been like some that's been posted by different competitions, but like I've never had the ability to like get footage. And so, and I don't, and no pictures, definitely not pictures. So, you know, that's a really, that's actually really special. Um, And, you know, Joe and Iris have watched, when I was saying like we do 2,000 competitors every year, they've watched every single performance. (laughs) Like I have not watched every single performance because I'm, you know, going, I'm moving in and out of the room doing other things. But they have, you know, sat at the top of a ladder or stood, you know, behind a tripod or sat with a camera and they've watched every competitor that we've ever put through our system. So they have like the greatest eye for everything. Um, The other thing I really like about the way they do their video is that they track the performer. So it's not just like you get like a wide angle of yourself, like from way back where you get like, you know, up close, but your whole body is in the frame. So it's really, you know, it's a great training tool. It's great for like promotion for yourself if you have a business or if you work in pole. Um, It's a great thing to have if you just want to like keep it so that you can show your kids like in 50 years, like how much of a badass you are, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Um, So I think that, yeah, having that 
um, available is really is really special. Yeah, the, having um, a pole dancer who understands how to record because I've seen people who don't necessarily understand pole record and it's a different quality. You're right. It's like this pullback where you're just seeing this wide frame. So, you know, that's another benefit of competing and with PSO is that, you know, you can have this record of it as well. And it's like good quality Mm -hmm. alloy images. If you, I'll put, um, I'll put, their website in the show notes so people can check out their work as well okay cool and actually the cool part too is that so iris is an instructor but actually joe does pull an aerial also so he's like just as you know capable um at at seeing all that stuff so both of them are great couples that pull together and work together and photo together stay together yes wow they really (laughs) They really do a lot together. That's really cool. I didn't realize that he did as well. So Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah, awesome. Cool. So let's jump on in then to the, the second part of the interview, the standard questions I ask everyone. Yeah, sure. Okay, so first question. Who is your pull crush? It's Janine Butterfly. <laughs> She's amazing. Um, so I remember like way back when again, before there were any competitions, like watching her videos and being like, who is this crazy girl? She's so beautiful. She's so flexible. She's actually originally from Seattle as well. Oh. Um, and so that was really cool. And then um, she got invited uh, to pull show LA, like when I was still working at Beast Bun and I got to meet her. Um, and I was just like, oh my gosh, like you're amazing. And so we've actually become friends like over the, you know, the long period of time that I've known her. Um, and I just went to, uh, Vegas, like back in December and she's in the Michael Jackson show now. So like, that was really awesome to be able to catch up with her and, um, yeah, she's completely inspirational. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, um, for those listening, if you're in the if you're not in the pole parlor Facebook group, if you head over there and just uh, join, I have a video up there actually that I posted a couple weeks ago, and I probably shouldn't be admitted this, but someone was at the show and took like a bootleg video of her pole dancing at the Michael oh, Jackson no show. No way, that's so, awesome. <laughs> uh, it wasn't me, but I'm guilty of reposting it. But just in a private group, but because she's dancing on this like spiral pole, it's not. Like a straight up and down vertical pole, it's this like um, kind of spirally pole. I don't know any other way to describe it. And it's so beautiful. I cannot wait to go out there to watch it, to see it in person. I think, honestly, this bootleg video makes you want to buy a ticket and go see it in person. So, Well, the show, the whole show, I mean, she's wonderful. And the whole show is really, really well done. I think it's an awesome, it's really a celebration of Michael Jackson's life. And so, you know, you'll see sort of him through the ages. It's also got a lot of really cool integrations between the live performers and like video and technology. So they have like video, they have a lot of really interesting like special effects. Um, There's a hologram um, of Michael Jackson who dances with all the dancers and so it's a really really cool experience like it's actually giving me chills kind of thinking about it (laughs) (laughs) the holograms kind of creep me out but um, no it was really cool it wasn't creepy at all okay good (laughs) very cool so yeah if if anyone is in vegas or traveling to vegas make sure you book your ticket and see um see the pole performance in the michael jackson show definitely i'll be at pole expo if you oh. want to hang out so come to pole expo and then you guys can come to vegas <laughs> oh perfect perfect and so um how would you like to see the pole community evolve over the next five years 
Okay, so over the next five years, um, I would love to see like a standard language for all of our moves. I think that that would be really great. Um, we started doing like a move guide for PSO. Um, so that one would be cool. Or we can adopt like a different one. Like it actually doesn't really matter to me which, you know, what language we use or what names we give things. But I just think that having sort of a cohesive language and like a way to communicate with everyone um, would really help our community, you know, grow and also make it easier for us to connect like via social media. I know that everybody's been doing the tags with like the hashtag PD and then like the move. But if you call the move something different then it's also like a little bit hard still to like talk about it. So I think that the PD something is a great like sort of beginning of that standardized language. So like I feel like let's keep going. Like let's take it there. Yeah, because uh, we had Shane Evans on and, you know, she's Australian and she was saying she calls what I learned was called the martini. They call it like the hello boys, which which is so much fun. So I guess it's between countries and... Yeah, but I still think that, like, if we can, like, get together and say, like, no, this is really, like, how we want to call things and what we want to do, I mean, then, you know, people from here can communicate with people from Australia with no problem, who can communicate, you know, with people from Europe, who can communicate with people from Asia, because, like, social media is, like, sort of crosses all those boundaries, right? Like, I know I follow, like, a bunch of, like, the sexy Russian girls, and I also follow, like, some, you know, crazy strength training Europeans, and I also follow, you know, some of the Brazilian girls. So, like, to have, like, an integrated language, I think, for all the countries, like, that's a good goal. Wow. And I feel like you're so organized and you have come to be known as kind of like, um, and like an official respected person within the community. Oh, Maybe that's something you take on. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. In all my free time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe when you're on the plane or something, that can be like your plane project. There you go. Or if anyone's interested, reach out to Amy and she's got your back. <laughs> since you've already started with with for pso the the guide that you've put together yeah that's that's interesting that's an interesting answer no one's ever given that i like it oh cool well, <laughs> different i guess yeah and so um what can you share with our audience that you have coming up you just mentioned before that you're going to be at pool expo Yes, we're going to be at Pole Expo. Um, but before Pole Expo, um, PSO has our national competition. Um, so we've got that in Seattle, which is August 12th through the 14th. Um, and then we're also going to be running, um, probably by the time this video comes out, a big Facebook contest. Um, we're going to be giving away airfare, hotel stays, and a bunch of prizes to a special pro finalist, um, as well as a bunch of like swag and gifts from a lot of the other major pole brands uh, to those who vote in our contest. So if you're interested in and getting some free tickets or a bunch of swag, um, you know, check out our social media at Pulse Board Organization on Facebook. Very cool. And then what are you going to be doing at, so Pole Expo is in Vegas, which yeah. we touched on before. That's like the second weekend of September. What are you <laughs> going to be doing there? Um, I'm doing a bunch of stuff. So I'm teaching a bendability uh, free workshop. So it'll be like 30 minutes on the main stage if you want to do that. Um, I always joke with Fania that she puts me at like 9.30 in the morning, like on Sundays. And I'm like, come on, Fania, please next year give me a spot in the afternoon so I can sleep. And she's like, no, but we know that you will wake up 
and you will be there <laughs> and you won't miss it. And I'm like, yeah, but let me sleep in. <laughs> so I'm doing bendability. Um, I'm going to do also um, a little seminar about PSO, about our judging system. So if you have questions about our, the way that we evaluate performances, then I'll talk about that. Um, we have a booth for PSO, so you can come visit our table, get more info about our competitions, um, buy some merch, hang out with me. And then I'm also doing Pole Show LA, uh, which is in Vegas. Um, they're going to do a Vegas version of it um, on Saturday night. You're performing in it? I'm performing in it, yeah. Wow. <laughs> so it's a full weekend You're for sure. You're doing everything. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm going to be there, so um, I'm going to be – seeing all of these things so okay, cool yeah please come yeah now I gotta look into those Michael Jackson tickets but um, I'm glad you brought up the ju- that the judging thing because I was like do I broach this subject I'm not yeah, broach this subject oh come on broach the subject <laughs> well it's just like such a huge conversation you know yeah. to to even dive into but it is something that is so difficult that it is you know, for you to have a workshop on it makes complete sense because people don't understand the judging. People don't understand where the rules come from. Yeah, it's totally. So we've had Kelly Maglia on. Yeah. I know that you model for. I do. And she lives like three blocks away from me. So we're like oh, neighbors yeah. and she's wonderful. And yeah, I model for her for Kelly Maglia Couture. And then she also has a um, another line called Triple Threat. Yeah. I don't know if she talked about that. But um, the Triple Threat is like a more of like a high school like costume line for like dance teams and stuff. So I totally model with like girls that are like more like 20 years younger than me. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. You look young. It's a lot of fun. Thank you. Yeah. And she was talking about how judging, you know, when she judges, it's tough because, you know, you see things one way, but the judge next to you sees things a completely different way. Yeah, definitely. I I would imagine that that may be your toughest challenge with with PSO is dealing with the judging and the feedback from judging and Mm -hmm. maybe people not agreeing with the judges so yeah definitely well so a couple of things I think number one on the horizon for PSO along with our expansion is like judge certification that's like something we've been working on for a while and it's like because of exactly what you're saying some people see it this way some people see it that way and I just need to say like well you got to see it our way yeah like the PSO you got to see it the PSO way so we'll have a cert program um soon I think I mean we already do our judging online so the goal is to really get that certification online as like its own standalone entity so it's not like I need to host a cert all the time it's like you can no just go take the course online take the test and then you're good um I think that that's eventually that goal and then for the um you know, as far as there being like, like ranges right between like the different judges, I think one thing that people don't realize is that you have a panel of five, but we always drop the highest and the lowest. So like, let's say that like, I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh my gosh, a B-spun girl's performing. <laughs> I'm going to give her 100 points. <laughs> okay. And someone else is like, oh, like, I don't like the color of her shorts. Like green sucks. I'm going to give her zero points. And then the other three are like, oh, okay, well, I'm a reasonable person and like I'm going to evaluate them, you know, to standard and all of that. Like my score, you know, for being like too high is going to get thrown out and the other one for being too low is also going to get thrown out. So you're only getting those like middle three people. And so it really eliminates, I think, a lot of the opportunity for judge bias because there's no incentive to be biased because your score is just going to get tossed. Oh, that's so I think that that's, that's a really important part, you know, of our system. So hopefully you can spread the word. 
Yeah, so know that. And you can't, like, infiltrate thinking that you're going to, oh, I'm going to be the judge for this person. And I think <laughs> I think most people hold themselves to moral standards. Like, I know a yeah. judge that had to remove themselves from certain um, – from certain um, competitions that they were supposed to be judging because they knew this, they knew the person, they had the person as a student, they didn't feel comfortable. So I think most people have like a moral high ground where they know that, you know, they can't do that. So yeah, well, I do think, that. well, and I do think that like, you know, all of our judges also judge all the different categories. So it's like, um, we've got like different elements. So there's like artistic points that you have to judge on, then there's like technical points. And so all of our judges, judge all of the categories rather than dividing it like oh you're only responsible for technical you're only responsible for artistic because then you can't really do that dropping of the highs and the lows anymore you have to like keep all the scores so this more integrated approach I think is is less biased and is better yeah good system and I think having the online course is going to have people understand the rules more Mm -hmm. and to know what their points should be based on so Again, another way that you're evolving that is just making PSO stronger and more beneficial for the competitors. Oh, thank you. We try. So, yeah, and hopefully we are accessible. So, you know, if you guys have, you know, comments or concerns, like I try to answer, you know, I personally answer pretty much every email. And, you know, we're always on, I'm always on Facebook Messenger. So you can hit me up for like, I forgot what the deadline for this is. And I'll write you back, you know, the same day. And so, you know, if you have questions, like I can't fix it until I know it's broken or it's not working or something's wrong. So even if you're like, oh, I don't want to be mean, like, well, don't be mean about it, but tell me, (laughs) right? Like, you don't have to be a jerk about it, but you can say like, hey, this thing isn't working. Like, can you help me? and most of the time we'll be like yeah that sucks like let's fix it <laughs> that's awesome and your website is polesportorganization.com okay yep or polesportorg.com oh cool yeah and so um obviously don't forget if you're not on the mailing list go over there to get on the mailing list so you can get all of these fun updates that amy's been teasing throughout the show thanks <laughs> <laughs> And so before we sign off, can you leave us with an empowering message or quote or anecdote? Sure. So I guess like I'm a big fan of hard work. So I would say that good things don't come easy, um, but with hard work, anything's possible. I like it. And you're proof of that because you can, I can tell you work your ass off and, and you know, you seem to be very successful so thank you yes I admire all the hard work you do and it's been such a pleasure talking with you I feel like I've learned so much on this episode because I've never competed um it's not my thing but I know so many people who do (laughs) (laughs) no but I definitely respect people who do love to compete and I go to competitions all the time to support my homegirls and homeboys so you know now I understand when I'm there what's going on and so I know a lot of people listening maybe were a bit intimidated by and now hearing from you it doesn't sound that intimidating at all Oh, good. Well, we try to be supportive and make you guys have the best experience possible. So let's do it. Yeah. Awesome. So thank you so much, Amy, for being on the podcast. Yeah, definitely. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Pole Parlor podcast. Want more? Visit poleparlor.com for show notes and to link to the Facebook group where you can connect with other poleaholics and continue the conversation. Listen to past episodes and subscribe to new episodes on the website, YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Lots of love, babes. Thanks for listening.